Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We begin the second hour of the Lombardi line uh, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. And Michael, the leaders are off at the British Open. Here we go. We are underway as Cam Smith uh, and uh, Roy McIlroy are already out there. Cam Young out there as well. And we have a first birdie made by one of the top four. And that is Dustin Johnson on number two, a little tap and birdie for DJ. So he now joins the mix here at 10 under par with McElroy uh, and also Victor Hovland. So we've got a three-way tie for third at 10 under. Cam Young is at 11 under, and Cam Smith is hitting his approach shot on number one. The stands are already packed, Michael, from the first fairway on. I mean, I got to think for everybody over there, uh, as Cam Smith hits the green, a nice approach shot for him. The next two days for these leaders, and I'm not saying it's a four-horse race because other horses might get in here, but it feels like now, even though the course is playing easy, the pressure is going to start to ramp up. Yeah, but, I mean, look, with Tommy Fleetwood's five under after 16 today, right? Shane Lowry, the big Irishman, he's four under after 12 today. The mm-hmm. course is just – the course is easy. And, and if Dustin Johnson's putter's going, you know, or Rory McIlroy, I mean, my question to you, David, is what's the winning score? Is Ooh. it minus 20? It, which is, is it minus 22? You know, it's it's amazing. We had Carl Paulson on yesterday who's over there at the British Open uh, with uh, Sirius XM Radio and PJ Tour. And I've asked Carl before the other two majors, and he's been within a couple strokes each and every time at the PGA and at the United States Open and at the Masters. And for this one, it was 18 under. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that feels like it could be even low because Cam Smith is already at 13 under, and he hasn't begun to play today. Yes, the pressure is going to ramp up a little bit. But, Michael, I'm with you. I almost feel like 20 under might be the score because if there's no wind – and right now, there is no wind, not a discernible wind like you normally get in Ireland, and uh, certainly just in Europe in general, on these courses that are exposed to the sea. So normally you get all this wind and rain. None of that is in the forecast for today or tomorrow. They actually said today could be the easiest of the three days so far. And Cam Smith started, it looks off, the, like it. Right, and he started off the day at 13 under. So theoretically, it looks like it. we could go north, if you will, of 20 under. It could be 22 under. It's seems absurd in a major. 
I mean, if Cam Smith shoots four under, he's at 17 under for the tournament, right? So going into Sunday. Now, I think at Sunday, you know, the pressure, uh, maybe we'll get a little bit of wind. It's going to change it. So I think 20 might be high. Mm-hmm. But 19, certainly, I think if you posted 19, I think you're going to win this tournament, if, assuming that things go the way they are. And some of these players from the back of the pack ha- have kind of closed the gap. And if you're Dustin Johnson and it's pristine conditions for you and your putter's working you know this course is just you're going to eat out of your hands I mean look Scotty Scheffler's played two holes he hasn't birdied one right but that doesn't mean anything I mean there's still ways to go here you know Patrick Cannelly's one under after three so we're going to see a lot of red numbers as we go forward here and if the and if the leaders Smith and Young the Camerons (laughs) if they keep posting red numbers it's going to make it harder for Lowry and Fleetwood to really come back in it yeah we've already seen some 65s out there seven under par for Kevin Kistner He's in the house. We've seen some 66s out there. It feels like, too, the gettable side is the front side. That's what we're seeing so far here in the early part. And then it gets tougher on the back. We know 17, the road hole. I've heard a lot of the, the, the commentators this week say it might be the best hole in all of golf. And that is one of the, the toughest. It probably is the toughest hole that they have on the course. I talk about St. Andrews being um, almost defenseless without the wind. The bunkers are still a defense. But what's happened in years, and this is why it comes back every six, seven years, you're finding out you're not seeing a lot of the players hit it in the bunkers because there's so long these days they carry yeah. those bunkers that used to be in play a hundred years ago 50 well, years ago yeah and the wind, ago. there's no wind there's right. no wind to bring the bunkers in play right, right. so they just it's like you know they just hit it way over they don't have a problem with it a guy like dustin johnson who's you know he's got great incredible striking ball speed with you know and and guys that that are able to make such incredible uh you know, shape the ball, too. You mm-hmm. know, that's the other thing about this course. You've got to be able to shape the ball right to left, left to right with power, and I think these guys do it. I mean, this is truly one of the best, you know. I mean, when when the wind isn't here, basically you've neutered the course. No question about it. And by the way, you mentioned some of those line moves here. Cameron Smith started off the day about plus $1.75. It's already $2, so just a slight adjustment there to plus 2. Rory McIlroy's plus 380. Dustin Johnson with that birdie is now plus 650. Victor Hovland is at 8-1. to Scheffler has moved up to 8-1. to And Cameron Young is plus 850. And then some of the longer shots that started off the day a, a bit off, all of a sudden, Patrick Cantlay is now 16 to 1. Xander Shoffley, a big mover to 40 to 1. So you are seeing some guys here. Like, it almost feels like par, while it's not a bad score, you're not gaining ground on the front side. That's where people are making a lot of birdies and eagles on the front side. So I think you try to get, go for it early. And then if you can get into the front nine with a 31 or a 32, then maybe you play it closer to the vest uh, in the in the second nine. And by the way, Cam Smith here to begin, he's got a testy par putt here on one. So, Michael, let's just see if this thing tightens up. He misses. So Cameron Smith has just bogeyed one. And as I say that, that number just went in the last 30 seconds from plus $2 for Cam Smith to plus $3. That's how much one bogey now is going to bring him back yep. to 12 on brings a lot of other players, Michael, right back into the field. Well, I mean, look, let's just take Jordan Spieth, who I thought was going to win the tournament. I would have played Jordan Spieth if I was a betting man. Will Zalatoris, who had a bad round, you know, and and now they're both minus seven. They're tied for 11th in this tournament. I think they're too far back because the course is too soft. Mm. You know, what what Will Zalatoris and Jordan Spieth really need is they need – a morning where they play well, and then the afternoon they need a storm. That's you right. know that's what they need. They need that to get back in it. If they are able to get through the round, but we're not having that. You know we're not having that. We're having pretty much the same conditions from morning to afternoon, which allows the afternoon group to have as much success as the morning group. Wow. And uh, by the way, as we say that, Scotty Sheffer just sticks it on two. He's going to have a kick in birdie here. So he's going to get to nine under par, which right now would just be three off the lead. Michael, this is going to be wild. Hold on. It just hold this is going to be fun, David. And he, this and he, is going to be a good. Yeah. And again, I mean, I, I think this is what we want. Yes. I, I don't love the I don't really, to be honest with you, I don't love the low, low scoring. I, I kind of like it to be harder. 
than that. But some of these bounces that they get over there because of the undulations and the fairways and all that, you know, it still can present a problem. But I do enjoy it because I, I think there's so much competition now. And the course is no longer you're fighting the course and the weather. You're just basically where your game is. It's going to come down to how well you putt and your shot location is going to be the key. And if you've got a great caddy that knows this course really well and you know it, I think it's going to prove to be advantage. That's why I don't think the book wants to give up on Rory. I think they feel like Rory's the one guy who knows this as well as anybody. It's in the live betting market, is I mean, you have to be quick because it's literally as yeah. the shot's happening, these numbers are just going all over the board here. So Cameron Smith started off the day, not even, what, 10 minutes ago, Michael, the betting favorite yeah. at $1.75, and now he's $3. That's how quickly this market's moving. Well, it's it's not new to them over there. They're used to this in <laughs> Europe, right. right? They're used to the betting market changing and shifting. We as as just kind of being an introdu- introductory phase of betting, we're learning this, and and we'll get better at it. And next year, in game betting, when you watch the Green Zone with Ooh. you and and Mike Pritchard about how these shifts and understanding who's in control and who's in the lead and trying to parlay that into making money. I mean, it's really if you can get a grasp of this, whether it's golf or football or basketball, you got a hell of a chance. Absolutely right. And Dustin so, Johnson's now minus 11. Oh. He just went, he just birdie three. So DJ has gone back to back birdies. I mentioned this yesterday on the show and I like to say it with a whisper as Femi walks in, into the studio right now too, Michael. I have a ticket at Dustin Johnson at 49 to one. Like, don't I, jinx I don't like yourself, to shout David. It. I don't want to shout. Don't jinx to... yourself. <laughs> I mean, what you don't want to do is you don't want to, you know, Bruce Springsteen never recorded any stuff when he was young because he was superstitious. He didn't want to jinx the band. You know, he didn't want to record it. And then he didn't record any of his when they were practicing or making albums back in the day. He didn't record any of it. He was superstitious. He didn't want to do that. You know, so you've got to have a little, when you're a betting man, you got to have a little soup. Don't tell anybody you got that ticket. We'll just keep it our secret. I just tried to whisper. Nobody heard. It was just between you and I. (laughs) Uh, And Michael, the other thing is like, I would say this, like if you and I were going to go over the show before the show, I would say save it for the show. Because you want it to be fresh for the show, right? So I guess, is that the idea that Bruce had for his music? Is like, I, I, No, I think he was really superstitious about, it. you know, if he takes it for granted and he pretends he's big time by recording himself, uh, then all of a sudden they're going to lose everything. You know, it's a little of the Italian in him. You know, you kind of have to guard yourself. You have to kind of talk in the negative tone, which we've been trained to by Catholicism and the Italian heritage. So those two combined <laughs> together create a great negative atmosphere. Very quickly before we go to break. If you're if you're Cam Smith and you bogey one, okay, now everybody's nipping at your heels. DJ's one back. Every, these guys are coming. How, you have one person. It's not like you call a timeout. Don't don't look at the scoreboard. You got to just play. You got seven. You get, you know. It's like what do we talked about with the Navy SEALs? How do you make it? How do you be one of those twenty five? Yeah. You don't worry about anything other than the next drill. You go from one drill to the next drill to the next drill. That's all you do. If you stay in that frame, you can do it. If he gets outside of himself, this will get bad. I I feel pressure watching these guys. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. Uh, Michael, when we come back, let's talk about some blue chippers and red chippers. We'll give out some of those red that you see from off-the-ball linebackers. Next on the Lombardi Line here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., 
and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $19, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the month. Sign up today. You're going to get VEASAN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets, NFL preseason coverage. We've got premium articles on golf, UFC, and NASCAR. So if you want that full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Dave Ross back alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. Going to have Thomas Gable join us later on this hour from the Borgata. We mentioned things are getting a little bit uh, wild and wooly over there, Michael. In uh, St. Andrews, they don't say it with the T. It's St. Andrews. We say St. Andrews, and they probably cringe. Uh, DJ Dustin Johnson, you mentioned those two uh, birdies on two and three, but he's kind of blown his tee shot here on four a little bit wide. He's one off the lead with Cam Young at 11 under par. Cam Smith still the leader at 12 under. Rory and Victor Hovland, two off the pace. This thing is getting tight with that opening birdie by Cam Smith, so we'll update that as the hour continues. But let's get back to a conversation we had yesterday. This is on outside linebackers, uh, off-the-ball linebackers, if you will, in the NFL. We gave some of the guys yesterday that you had on GM Shuffle, you identified as guys that are a little bit not quite there, ready to make your list. Before we get to the blue chippers tomorrow, let's get to some of the red chippers that you have today. Pretty good list that you right. have. When you've got uh, Eric Kendricks and Roquan Smith, David Long Jr., Darius Leonard, and, uh, and uh, Aluakon from uh, Jacksonville, tell me what separates the elite of this list that you see. Well, I think Aluakon, when we start with him, I mean, he was made a ton of tackles, right? He can fly to the football. You know, there was a time and place in the National Football League where you had to take on blockers, where you had to disengage and get to, you know, disengage the blocker and then go make the tackle. Today's game is about, really, it's almost as if you were covering a field, a punt. That, that's kind of how it is. Hmm. And so a lot of these players are just run and hit players. They run, they tackle, they hit. They've got good instincts. I mean, Darius Leonard, I didn't think he was injured last year, but he still led the league in forced fumbles with eight. You know, so he's still able to make tackles and get things done. David Long, to me, is an unknown player. Nobody really talks much about him, but when he missed games last year for the Titans – it was a real problem. They weren't as good defensively when he was on the field. He's all over. Now, he's undersized, and if you get to him, you can block him. But that doesn't always mean you get him blocked. He's really good in that area of finding the football. He's got great instincts. And I think he's one of the cornerstones of their team. I really do. I think he's one of those guys that, you know, is good in space. He's another guy who was a former safety in college that has trans transitioned into the linebacker role, which is kind of what's become of the, the will linebacker or if we want to call it the off-the-ball linebacker. You know, Khalil Mack is listed as a linebacker, but he's really not, right? right. Khalil Mack is a defensive end. You know, uh, all these guys that are listed as linebackers really aren't. 
But like a guy like David Long, you know, he only played in 10 games, 10 games last year, but he was third on the team in tackles. He had four tackles for losses. He had, you know, hit the quarterback six times, plus he had two interceptions. He's a guy that, to me, I thought really made a difference in their team, and I think he's going to continue to get better. But like I said, he's, you know, he's 5'11", he's 220 pounds, he played safety in college, and they drafted him in the sixth round, and they hit with him. You know, Michael, very quickly for those that might say exactly define off-the-ball linebacker for, for the people out there because you look at a Roquan Smith, right, and I feel like I was thinking when he came out of Georgia, middle linebacker, like, you know, your traditional yeah. middle linebacker. Will you explain exactly what you mean by just the terminology for those that might be confused with off-the-ball linebacker? Well, we hear the word middle linebacker, we think of Buckus and right. Nitsky and Willie Lanier, guys who sat in the middle of the defense that basically, you know, ran to the football and took the center on because the two guards were covered up. Nowadays, because of the overfront, the underfronts, you know, these linebackers are both off the ball. They play Mike and Will. You know, they have simple, similar responsibilities in terms of their gap control. Remember, football's a game of numbers. When you're in a seven-man front, there's a gap short, so that means some Somebody from the safety has to cover it. When you're in an eight-man front, you're not a gap short. So everybody in the front, everybody's got a gap that they run to, that they have to control. And so whether you're a Will or a Mike, you're really just an off-the-ball linebacker. It's no longer the same thing. Back in the 50s and 60s, you know, Ray Nitschke played on the ball. You know, Dave Robinson played linebacker off on the line, and then he dropped into coverage. Bobby Bell dropped into coverage. That, that position doesn't exist any longer. It really doesn't. You know, Lawrence Taylor ran off the edge, but he still dropped. But that was an old-school 34. Today, most of those guys are coming. T.J. Watts listed as a linebacker, but you infrequently do you see him in coverage. I mean, 90% of the time, he's coming forward. Right. And so what you wanted to do is why you want to compare apples to apples, right? Okay. I want to compare T.J. Watt to all the other rushers. I don't want to compare T.J. Watt to Darius Leonard because they kind of play different positions. So for me, it was, okay, you're off the ball and you're on the ball. And on the ball guys will be mostly the defensive ends, the outside backers, the T.J. Watts, the guys whose job it is is to get pressure on the quarterback. When you mentioned Roquan Smith, because, again, coming from Chicago, uh, when he got drafted there, had a really good rookie year, and then some weird things happened kind of in year two, but it looks like he's bounced back to form. We mentioned Eberflus earlier in this show, coming over from Indianapolis to Chicago. Does this role change at all now, Roquan Smith, with this quote-unquote new defense no. in Chicago? No, I mean, look, if you go back and just look at Denzel Perryman, you know, Perryman signs a contract with the Carolina Panthers last year as a free agent and didn't get a lot of money, but they brought him in and they're like, wow, he's small. He didn't really fit what they did. Mm. You know, he wasn't the Shaq Thompson type off the line, off the line. But then he goes out to Los Angeles, he goes out to Las Vegas, and he ends up being the fifth leading tackler in the National Football League. Right. He just gets basically traded for nothing because in that scheme, he doesn't have to take on any blockers. He's just a run and hit linebacker. He's covering punts and kicks. And that's really what he's doing. And so most of the time, Darius Leonard, that's what he'll do. And so the scheme that Bradley runs fits exactly what Leonard does, which is play off the ball. Don't take anybody on. Go tackle and get the ball out. And like I said, you know, uh, Leonard led the league in eight forced fumbles last year, so he has a really good ability of tackling and getting the ball out from the ball carrier. The, the, the top guy on this list to not be a blue chipper would be Eric Kendricks of Minnesota. Tell me what makes him to you just a scope shy of being a blue chipper. Well, I mean, he's really good at, I mean, he's very smart in coverage. He had two interceptions. He understands how he ta makes a lot of tackles, unassisted tackles. He can attack the pocket. He'll hit the quarterback, but he also can play some coverage. Part of playing off the line is you got to play some coverage. You know, like Devin White in, in Tampa is a really good player, but not always as good in coverage as he needs to be, right? Devin White is much more effective going after the quarterback. He had eight tackles for losses and 18 quarterback hits. You know, it's you know, whereas some guys are not good in coverage. Bobby Wagner still does some things. He didn't make the list, but he's close. Rokon Smith is really good because he can do everything. He can run and tackle, and in certain coverages, he can play. Now, you never want to put your guy on, you know, none of these guys can really lock down Alvin Kamara one-on-one -on, -one on a route. It's just too hard. But they've got to be able to have depth. They've got to be able to do things in a match coverage. And I, and I think that certainly, you know, that Kendricks does a good job in that area.
You know, it's, it's funny when you mention, like, say, some of the players from yesteryear and you try to put them in today's terminology, if you will, right? So LT was a 3-4 linebacker because he did drop back in coverage, to your point, and he, he had a lot of interceptions back in his day. I think he almost had 20, I think maybe 19 in his career. A, a guy like DT, like Derek Thomas, was would he have been more of a down lineman in today's NFL? Because yeah. I don't remember DT dropping in coverage as much. No, and then on third down, he put his hand in the dirt and he rushed. So he was always coming up the field. I mean, that's not a negative of the player, but we don't want Derek Thomas in coverage. You want him rushing. You don't want T.J. Watt in coverage. You want him doing what he does really well. But I think LT, look, LT's in a category completely by himself. I mean, there's nobody even, I mean, he's on two floors above everybody else. <laughs> this whole idea that Makai Parsons is near LT. I mean, first of all, you got to remember, LT as a rookie was covering punts right. as a gunner. And the, and the teams were so scared to punt the ball, the returners could feel him breathing down. They couldn't handle him. Most of the time back in the 80s, you would put a little corner out to, to handle the gunner. Well, here's a 6'2 guy out there, and how are you going to – who's going to – he's not going to handle Lawrence Taylor. And then he runs down the field with unbelievable speed and body control to slow down and make the tackle. He's, so – that changed the game a little bit. But it's just – LT's in a whole other category. We, we, we can't even get there. No. We're like Dick Buckus. If Dick Buckus played today, Dick Buckus would, would play on all – there would be no formation you would take him off the field, even though Dick Buckus wasn't a great, great coverage guy. But he could attack the pocket. And he would be problem for those guards because when he blitzed as the fifth rusher, they'd have a hard time blocking him. Those two guys couldn't play today. And I mean it because they get kicked out of the league the way they used to hit. Yeah, well, LT and Buckus. I mean, well, I mean, they, yeah, they were violent. They were violent. And when they tackled, I mean, I often said this, you know, when, when, when you watch Buckus and go back, he was a ballerina until he got to the ball carry. Then he became a bulldozer. <laughs> I just I try to tell people about LT, and I feel like the old man in the room now because like I hear comparisons to LT, and I'm like, there's no comparison. There's nobody. There's just there's nobody. No, he changed the game. When you change the blocking schemes of an offense, that that's a whole. You're in another category. That's what he did. People are always like, man, you defend LT, and I'm like, if I have to defend LT, that's a really good hill to die on. I'll defend it all day. It happens in basketball all the time. There's no (laughs) respect to the other players. Back in a second here on the Lombardi Line on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I am Dave Ross, and I think I jinxed it. I tried to whisper quietly to you, Michael, that Dustin Johnson had a 49-1 ticket. He just bogeyed right after the whisper. It's early. It's early yet. It's early yet. He'll, he's going to bounce back. One thing we know about Dustin, he, the one thing I will say this about Dustin is he is truly a living through the raindrops guy. He doesn't <laughs> – nothing affects him. No, nothing it doesn't. Affects him. But, but what, are the, what are the chances that literally in the last segment I say that you make the parallel of Bruce Springsteen not trying to jinx things, I'm an Italian-American, and then DJ goes out there and, and does that just for me. I felt like that was I, – I deserve that. Right, because I said yeah, that. Well, loud. I mean, exactly. You got to just kind of keep it quiet. <laughs> you got to keep it quiet and go. But I, I think ultimately, you know, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be there. Be interested to see what Thomas Gable thinks. Who's a, a, a really a Thomas Gable is a very good handicapper on golf. Well, let's bring in Thomas right now from the Borgata. And Thomas, let's start right there because you know, watching this today with Cam Smith making that early bogey on one, it felt like all of a sudden we're off to the races with all these different possibilities here in the live betting market. Um, what did you see going into round three today? Were you getting the popular choices like the Schefflers and the Rory's and the DJ's? 
And let's see if we have Thomas from the Borgata. I don't know. Hi, guys. I'm here. Hey. I'm sorry. I'm here. No worries, Thomas. Um, I was just curious. Are, were you seeing that type of action come in before we began play today? Or were people thinking, all right, maybe Cam Smith is just too good right now as he began the day with that two-shot lead? No, we were, we were certainly uh, seeing uh, people take uh, on the overnight adjusted odds uh, after play was completed yesterday. People were taking uh, uh, some other players that were up there. Uh, we haven't seen much on Cam Young, uh, but uh, certainly the names that everyone's familiar with, the, the DJs, the Rorys, um, they're going to be a popular pick. And, you know, right now DJ's worst-case scenario for us uh, overall for the tournament. Uh, Rory we're still uh, in decent shape with. Uh, Cam Smith, we're in decent shape with. Hovlin, not so much, but not uh, not as bad as uh, as DJ. DJ's definitely uh, worst case for us. But there's so many guys that are in uh, contention here, and with the course playing the way that it is, and really with with St. Andrews, uh, there's when there's no weather really to be had, and the conditions are the way that they are. Winds laying down, you know, it's it's sunny skies. No precipitation. There really is no defense there for these guys, and these are the best players in the world. And they can just uh, really, you know, overpower this course and tear it up. But regardless of the winning score, you're still seeing the best players rise to the top. No matter what, you know, or how low it goes, you're still seeing big, big names. So, you know, I know at majors we're kind of used to seeing the scores. Uh, be a lot higher, and um, you know a little bit. The courses play a little bit more challenging, but you can't argue with this leaderboard that we have out there right now. Thomas, what do you think the winning score is going to be? I think it's going to be either nineteen or twenty under. That's but I, I'm right there with you. I, I kind of think it's the same thing. I think they, you know, with the way the weather is, I don't know what your analysts are thinking weather-wise. I'm sure, you know, that that plays into it. But mm -hmm. if it's as mild as it's been, how, how does it not get there? And that's the thing. I mean, you're seeing the course. It's it's very dry. It's very fast. Uh, it's you know, a lot of holes are almost like pitch and putt holes for these guys. Uh, where you know, and the, and the greens. Are holding, they seem to be uh, putting well. So, I mean, it's certainly uh, scoring. We see the guys that have been complete today. They've gone out there. You've already seen uh, a bunch of five unders, six unders, four unders. The scoring is to be had out there. So it's just a matter of uh, the guys at the top now uh, seeing who can really uh, continue to keep the, the pedal down. Talking with Thomas Gable, uh, the director of race and sportsbook at the Borgata. And I, I wonder if you have any liability on Victor Hovland, because we now have a tie for the lead yep. as Victor Hovland has gone back-to-back -back birdies here. And I see here that before the day, you were offering 9-1 to one at the Borgata mm -hmm. on Victor. I feel like he's he's almost a forgotten name. We, we know in the golf world what a pedigreed player he is. You mentioned this leaderboard, how good it is. Did you see any tickets on Victor? Because right now the Norwegians looking pretty darn good. Yeah, so we we repriced him at nine to one before this round, but um, pre-flop before the tournament, Hovland you could uh, get him at fifty to one. Woo. So and, and we certainly had people who, who took some shots on Hovland uh, certainly at that price. So yeah, there's a little bit of liability on him. Uh, again, it's not it's not going to be a great result if he he wins it for us, but. Uh, by far, the, the guys that are really seriously in contention at this point, uh, DJ's the worst one for us. You know, it's funny you say that because I thought, you know, just, uh, and obviously every book's local, I kind of felt like the book was worried about Rory. Rory's odds, you know, even when he was further behind yesterday, when he didn't, you know, it was kind of, I think it was six under at the time, you know, it, it, his number wasn't really as far behind. And then it kind of, today it, you know, when he started the tournament at minus 10 today, it kind of stayed low. I got the sense that the book thought Rory was going to win this. Well, remember, Rory, you know, in terms of pricing, he was the favorite before the tournament. He was 10 to 1. And it's very tough. Uh, it, you know, obviously casual bettors have no problem uh, betting that number. But uh, it's very tough to say in a field, any major, um, with, with that type of return, uh, it's not something you're really going to spend a lot of money on with, with Rory. So, um, 
I think you know him being as low as he was, being the favorite uh, beforehand, four to one coming into this round. Um, you know, he's actually ticket count. Yeah, you can write a ton of tickets on Rory because of the price, uh, but he's still going to end up being a pretty good result for you. You know, Thomas, it's interesting I look at Cam Young, and the reason why I'm curious that your book there at the Borgata is this is a New York guy, right? This is a guy in Cam Young that maybe he you, – you look at the names at the top of the leaderboard and what doesn't match the other. It feels like Cam Young is the one guy that sticks out, right, as the yep. non-pedigreed player. But really, he is a pedigreed player. It's just he hasn't been on these big stages yet. He's fared pretty well so far in the major championships. At the Borgata, did you see any love for Cam Young, that is, before this tournament? No, not really, wow. not really, and and the price beforehand for it, we had him a hundred to one pre flop, so wow, um, yeah, and, and you know down obviously eight to one uh, before the tour, before the round started today uh, with his position, but yeah, he's he's probably best case scenario for us if uh, if uh, he wins it. You know, you talk about pedigree. I mean, he and Will Zalatoris were on the Wake Forest golf team at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, and would, again, like Texas, when you go to Wake Forest to play golf, you, you're an elite player in the country. Absolutely. We're, you know, Wake Forest is one of those schools that uh, you're you're kind of destined. If you're on that, uh, if you're on that team, you're probably going to have a pro career. Maybe not necessarily as a tour pro, but. You're probably going to have a career in golf if you want one. If you're uh, if you're playing for Wake Forest, got a couple minutes to go here with Thomas Gable, director of the Race and Sportsbook at the Borgata. Uh, Thomas, after tonight's round, and we'll see how this plays out here in this third round. But I think we didn't, I didn't expect to have this bunched of a leaderboard here. As we're, you know, you, there was a prospect of Cam Smith maybe running away with this thing a little bit. Is it better for you guys to have five or six big name players all bunched together when you reprice tonight before the final round, or would you prefer one leader where people take long shots on the on, uh, you know, on the longer shots here, they don't come through, and the leader cakewalks to victory? What's better for the book? Uh, I, I definitely think it's better when you have a bunch of big names that are bunched up there, and it just draws in more action, and that's the name of the game you want to write business yeah. and you know even in play you know golf is just the the possibilities on the in play wagering for golf are endless not just the overall winner market where you know everything is constantly changing but uh into the future when you get into kind of the micro betting that is available for golf it's um beyond any other sport i just think the that in play wagering for golf is just Tremendous. It is watching. Hey, so Thomas, real quick before mm -hmm. you go, uh, who's winning the fishing tournament? There's a big fishing tournament, Dave, down at the Borgata. Is, is our man Michael Jordan doing any good? Jimmy Johnson's <laughs> fish tournament? You know what? I haven't seen the leaderboard, but yeah, Jordan's boat is was out there, uh, catch twenty three. And let me, if you haven't seen that boat, you need to you need to check it out. It's it's something special. Thomas, we'll catch up again tomorrow and see how uh, things are going over there at the Open Championship. You might need a boat over there at the North Sea to catch the leaders at the British Open. We'll see how this plays out. Come on back right here. Going to wrap it up on the Lombardi Line next on Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly in up to a $1,000 bonus. Visit vsan.com slash horses for all the details. Use the bonus code Vegas1000. Back alongside Michael Lombardi, I'm Dave Ross. As we wrap up the Lombardi line here on a Saturday. And, um, Michael, I know you do the GM shuffle with our own Femi Abebefe. And he is yeah. in studio right now. Now, I've... I know we don't like to put our co-host on the clock early, Michael, but I know he's got some tickets, too, that he's sweating I a little hear, bit. That's what I, I know. He's a sneaky better. He's one of those guys. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about it. Femi, you know, he, welcome to the program, my friend. Let's get right to it. What's going on? What are you sweating? Because Michael already knows what I'm sweating. Let's go. Well, we have, oh, we have a Scotty Scheffler ticket. Uh, Scotty Scheffler just birdied there, so he's now at ten under. Uh, I'm oh, on the stick leader. Stick that though. chest out, Femi. Yeah, stick you know, that we're chest doing out. it. We're doing. <laughs> I'm on the leader, Cam Smith. Uh, so entering today, I was feeling good, the two-stroke lead, but he bogeys number one there. So now this thing is tight, as you guys were mentioning right. earlier. It's interesting though to see Victor Hovland now as a co-leader because this is a guy who hadn't played that well this season. No. I, I'd given up on him at least for this year, saying that maybe next year he can get things back on track here. So to hear Thomas Gabe in the last segment talk about how he was at 50 to one that makes a lot of sense because that's a name that typically was hot but as of recent play had cooled off quite a bit so not a lot of betters backing him so go figure he's playing really well this weekend well, Femi, I mean, he's birdied he's birdied six of the last nine holes and then he just <laughs> drove on the par five I mean he just cut it perfectly down the fairway I mean look when you know when these when things kind of go in your favor like this all of a sudden it, it, it just starts to manifest Dustin Johnson Johnson's sitting there with a birdie yep. putt to it for. Yeah, and I look at it, gentlemen, when we talk about Victor Hovland, I put him in the same category as a Will Zalatoris. Mm-hmm. He's a great ball striker, but what's the bugaboo? It's normally chipping and putting. And putting, certainly for Z and Victor Hovland, is, is the chipping. So you think you got to have a great short game around here. He's kind of defined those odds a little bit. Cam Smith, when he gets that putter going, he could be the hottest putter in the world. We saw it on display yesterday. But I did worry a little bit about some regression after the putts he made. Yeah, he was bombing in 60-footers and 50-footers and 30-footers. And I don't know that that's sustainable for a guy like Cam Smith. He's not a great driver of the golf ball, Cam Smith, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't really hurt you here because it's so wide. You know, as long as you don't find one of those bunkers. So it is kind of odd to see Victor Hovland up there, Michael, right now. But I got to tell you, if if Cam Smith keeps missing putts and he's on a par train right now, still one over, all of a sudden, gentlemen – we could be looking at a six or seven horse race yeah. come tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood sitting in, sitting in the clubhouse. He's having his, his warm beer, which I don't know how they <laughs> drink, but he's having it, right? And he's saying, I'm in this thing. Like, oh, I'm yeah. here. I'm in it. You know, like, I got as good a chance as anybody. Yeah, no yeah. question about it. And again, you've got a, a pack now at 10 under par. Again, the leaders are Victor Hovland and Cam Smith at 12 under. And then Cam Young, the New Yorker, that I do feel like is getting undersold a little bit. I look even in the live numbers. You could have got Cam Young five minutes ago at 11 to 1. Now, that's going off the board a little bit because it looks like he's about to make another birdie. But buckle up, boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like for the next two hours, and Femi, I know you're coming on here at the top of the yep. hour. 
this is going to be wild in the live betting market. Yeah, I can't wait to get Wes's topics and his thoughts on this because this thing, like you mentioned, it's going to be wide open here. Cam Young, not a whole lot of pedigree, but mm. he's played well. He played well at the PGA Championship. A lot of people were like, who's this Cam Young guy? He's really good, as you guys mentioned, coming from that Wake Forest program. But to me, I'm almost interested because from a live betting standpoint, we like to look at these things of, okay, who can actually win this? And in a golf tournament, I always call it the line of demarcation. Ah. What's the lowest that you can go to maybe then find out who those winners are? Is it nine under? Is it eight under? Maybe, I mean, it, things could change based on the conditions right now. It's getting a little windier, but uh, it's pretty solid though for the open conditions uh, relative uh, from a standpoint. But what yeah. is that line of demarcation to where we can kind of cross off guys below that list and then kind of work with that group from Yeah, there? I think it's a smart uh, way to go, Michael. That's a good way to handle it. I agree. No, I agree, and I think it is getting a little windier. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we talked about Will Zalatoris. I mean, he was at minus seven. Now he's back to minus six. I mean, I think the back nine is going to be a little bit more challenging than we thought it might be earlier in the program today. And, you know, we're waiting on Rory to make a move here. You know, Rory's on – this par five that they're on on five, to me, is going to also tell us what's going – I mean, because it's uh, – Dustin Johnson drove over was over it by 30 yards mm -hmm. when he hit there. So, you know, I, I think – as long as it continues to be hard and firm, these par fives are going to be where the tournament's won and lost. Our producer, Stephen Bond, can, I, can we just have stricken from the record what I said in hour number one about 20 <laughs> under par, Michael? Because now, all of a sudden, with the slightest of wind, like, it doesn't take a whole lot to change no. the complexion of the golf course. Because, you know, Michael, you mentioned it off the top. You saw Rory out there in short sleeves getting loose. It, I don't know if that's going to be the same conditions here in the afternoon yeah. for them. No. Uh, over there, and all of a sudden, just with the slightest of breezes, I mean, I think now you could look at 17 under par tomorrow being yeah. the winner, you know, like somewhere in that vicinity where maybe an hour ago I thought it could have been north of 20. I don't think that's going to be the case. And they got to make these pin placements tough tomorrow because mm -hmm. they don't want it to be a shooting gallery. Right? They want it to be a little bit tough. So I think today, if you don't get it to Michael's point on the front nine, Femi, this could be a really treacherous track in the back nine. Yeah, the back nine, you're going to start to see the quarter zips come on. You're going to start to see the yeah. vests come on. The, the, the polos uh, no longer bearing the arms there as the temperatures get a little bit cooler. But what do you guys think about Scotty Scheffler? Because I bet on Scotty Scheffler before the tournament because oh, it didn't wow. seem like a lot of people were buying What'd into him, him this weekend. I got him at 18 to 1. That's I think he, the longest I saw was about 22 to 1. I wish I'd waited a little bit longer to get that number there. But Scheffler, he clearly, he's won four times already. He's already won the Masters as the number one player in the world right now, but it felt like going into this event, not a ton of people were talking about Scheffler, and here he is, just two back, kind of just treading water a little bit, and you know, he's always capable of going low and playing really well, because he has a lot of pedigree and has played well at these majors outside of the PGA Championship this year. Plus well, I think now. as the wind kicks up here, as the wind kicks up, uh, Femi, I think it's certainly going to be, uh, you know, a putting contest as well as anything. I mean, Patrick Cant Cantlay, he's six under, I mean, he's three under on the day today after six holes. I mean, mm -hmm. what are his numbers. He's another guy that is kind of quietly lurking in the background. How about this? 10 to 1 right now, Michael. 10 to 1 on Patrick Cantlay in the live number, which is tied with Dustin Johnson, who I jinxed, who about 10 <laughs> minutes ago was like 3 to 1, and now he's 10 to 1 here as he's struggling. Rory has an eagle putt on 5. If he can make this eagle putt, he would be tied for the lead. So we're waiting for Rory to make a move. He just slides by. You would think about a three-footer coming back, he'd be able to navigate that. That would get Rory to one off the lead. And, gentlemen, for the first time, we've got co-leaders in the betting market. And that would be Rory mm. McIlroy at plus 330 with Victor Hovland at plus 330. They're not, I'm telling you, Femi, the, David, they're not giving up. Victor. The, the book is convinced, Rory. Like Thomas Gable yeah. said, he was the favorite going in. They're not giving up on him. I mean, they, there's something the book analytically or something going on that they're not letting him get away from them because I think they feel like too many people will put too much money, they'll get too much action on them, and it'll affect them. They're not letting Rory go. No, and, and Cam Smith now is is the third short favorite at plus 360. But here we are, mm -hmm. since Michael and I came on the air, you had this juxtaposition in the betting market, in the live betting market, where Cam Smith goes from the solid favorite, about plus $1.75, yep. to begin the day, and now he's plus 360. 
So that number's drifted $2 already. So it, it, it's, it is a little bit windy. We're seeing the flag starting to blow a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's cooking so, a little bit. So that slight resistance from the golf course. And, again, I'm, you know, I'm the ugly American. I want <laughs> wind and rain and carnage. I mean, I, Michael, I want them to suffer like I suffer out there on the golf course. It's been too easy yeah. for these guys. Uh, it's going to stay, you know, look, but j- like you said, just the slightest bit of wind. And I, and I don't know the direction of the wind, but, you know, as we know, the first nine holes go in one direction, the second nine holes go in another direction. And if that wind's in their face coming in, it be- makes 17 a very challenging hole. It makes all of it challenging on the back. Uh, we have a new leader, gentlemen, mm-hmm. and it is Victor Hovland. As he taps in at the part that's five. That's seven out of ten holes he's birdied. Seven out of ten he's birdied. Yeah. Three straight birdies there for Hovland. Um, it, yeah, to me, it's Rory. I understand why the books don't want to give up on Rory possibly winning this event because he's finished at all the majors this year. He's been in the top ten. He went top five at the U.S. Open, top five at the Masters as well. Now, the Masters one was kind of like a backdoor top five right. after going super low on Sunday after out of being out of contention after 54 holes. But Ooh, Rory t- just birdied. Rory just birdied. He yeah. just happened. So he Minus makes, 11 now. So again, in the betting Here he comes. market. This is it's, it's just insane. You and Wes Reynolds are going to have the most fun in the next two oh hours because Michael and I have had a blast doing oh this. Oh my gosh, this is going to oh, be a good time. Wait, when, you get a, when you get a Saturday morning morning here for us on the West Coast and certainly mm. even out on the East Coast. And you get live golf with some of the biggest names in the sport. We got world number one in Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, now the, the torchbearer for the PGA Tour. DJ, maybe the one of the new faces of Live Golf, the evil enemy now of the PGA <laughs> Tour. I mean, there's so many storylines here, Michael, that uh, it's, it's going to be best. fascinating it's to watch over the next two, uh, four, 48 hours. Yeah, I mean, hours. I'm going to have to stay away from the beach today and just sit there and <laughs> yep. flop. Do what I do really well, which is sit in front of a television. That's what I that's what I excel at, right there. <laughs> so do I, Michael. Hey, uh, Femi, really appreciate you hopping on. Hey, no problem. Always Thanks, fun Femi. chatting with You're you guys. Best. Yeah, enjoy the beach after this uh, this round, Michael. <laughs> Thanks, and you Femi. and Wes at the top of the hour for the next yes, two? Yes, sir. All right, there he is, everybody. <laughs> Michael, thank you again for the conversation. I want to thank Thomas Gable as well and Carl Johnson. Enjoy the golf, Michael, and we'll catch up tomorrow too, and figure out this wild British Open as it continues. Thank Femi, you, Stephen Wes, they're coming up right at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.